You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You store some tight underwear, Jeremy. And DJ Ruscha. You get to call yourself buff all the time. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. All this travel and plane and priorities has been really getting in the way of our relationship. And we'll talk about uh, all kinds of non-volleyball related things. He dated Irene Cara. Gabrielle Reese. You can call me Gabby if you want. The only thing missing is a mascot head. Oh, sack does sound a lot more funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Net Live right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. I need to add some more names to the intro. I, like I, th- I think that every time I hear occasionally it. Occasionally so-and-so, occasionally so-and-so. Geeter and Reed's names used to really be on there like okay. as co-host. And then I took them off because they weren't coming to the show. And it probably took about six months for them <laughs> to notice they weren't on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see uh, maybe, in, uh, maybe before the AVP season, maybe in the off-season. Might might hear a mark on there. Yeah, maybe. So, welcome to the Net Live, everybody. You hear uh, probably more of your favorite voices than Kevin because yeah. nobody likes Kevin. Mm-mm. He's an indoor guy; nobody cares. We made sure he left too yeah. before the show started. We no, didn't want you're him not going to hear him. Don't worry about it. We didn't want him to be our first I mean, interview today. He's I still, still don't here. Like that he's focused right in the middle of the camera for uh, for part of the show. But I do think if I keep coming on here, I'm going to bring. Uh, just just bring a fat head of me and just paste it right yeah, over. Yeah, I thought we solved that, right? Put a little Velcro yeah. piece on there that can come off and on uh-huh. and just throw your face on there. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's ever like me and Kevin and you're not here, I'm going to get a full full body shot of me blocking and just blocking yeah, Kevin. say if you just put your face over mine, mm-hmm. then it makes you look really short. Yeah. And you're not that yeah. short. Yeah. Kevin's not towering over you like he's towering over me like that. I'm about right here. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the Net Live, everybody. Um before I forget, because I didn't do it the last time you were here, Tall Slim Tees, Mark. Tall Slim Tees. Sponsor of the show. Yep. We love them, even though I can't wear them because I'm not tall. You know, I've, uh, it's been a cold winter, so in the For low California. 50s. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, so it got down. It got pretty cold. It yes, got in the 40s. It even, it even got upper 30s. In February, uh-huh. and I think they either said Los Angeles or by the beaches. I think it was Los Angeles County. Yes. Um. It was, it was the first time since the 1800s it did not break 70 degrees. Wow. In February. I didn't hear that. That's incredible. Yep. I mean, everybody else in part yeah, of the they country had, were like, we, have, didn't have, we didn't have you. a polar vortex, but it's all relative, right? Yeah. It, if I'm not used to 40 degrees, I'm chilly. It was snowing in Santa Clarita, in Pasadena. And Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the two ladies who do stats for UCLA basketball and volleyball, they're like, yeah, we had, we built a snowman in our front yard. That's just... It melted in two hours, but we built a snowman. Yeah. We've never done that before. How big, like I, a couple inches tall? I or? don't know. Their eyes were wide when they were telling me about it. Like, we built a full-on snowman. I was like, is it still there? They're like, oh, no. No, it it, it, it was gone in like an hour or two hours. But it's, uh, I'm sure you never have done that before. too, but I've met people in Southern California that have never actually seen snow like face-to-face. Obviously, Which baffles you can, me. You can see it in the mountains, but they've never like been to it. Touched it, anything. You're you're so close yeah. to snow. It's so easily accessible. Maybe some people don't care. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I had a couple cousins who didn't leave Florida until they were 20. Never left the state of Florida. Yeah, like I am fortunate that I was able to travel, at least around the United right. States as a kid. That's true. Like, that's, yeah. 
you know, that not everybody has that opportunity for sure. Did you travel by plane or by van? Or by not by van. Uh, mo- plane a lot. I was fortunate enough. We did take some cool. road trips and things like that. But uh, it was minivan for me. Mm. Driving up through Utah into Wyoming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Great days. Yep. Yep. Listen to the cars. You know the cars? I do know the cars. Man. Oh man, that was my favorite. I just asked the DJ if he knows the cars. That's um, fine. I'm surprised my- you haven't requested that on the on tour yet. <laughs> uh, no, I learned my lesson. Um, the cars. No favorite. When I was ten, my favorite band of all time. We had to listen. We had to listen to the Cars' greatest hits every road trip at least twice. Nice. Yeah, good times roll. How did that work out with your uh, sibling? Like, did he not have a um, opportunity to request songs too? Oh or? no! Oh no! He did. Okay. Uh, he 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 was okay with the Cars. Yeah. But he he got annoyed of having to listen to the whole album. For Obviously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even now that I listen to it, like I really only like like two songs, and the rest of the I'm like, it's it's all. Yeah, they're songs that I thought were the greatest songs ever when I was younger. Now I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but it's just it's time periods. You know, we only have like an hour today, Jeremy. So we should probably get right uh, into volleyball. Eight minutes into the show, where are we going to talk volley? <laughs> Dang so, it! So how's your March Madness bracket going? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. The yeah. first day, I'm uh, in a family pool. Okay. With my dad's side of the family, uh, my stepmom's first. Okay. Uh, my wife is second, and I am third. All okay. pretty close to each other. Awesome. Yep. I did not do a pool. I. <sighs> Do you pay attention at all during regular season college basketball? What's your definition of paying attention? Okay, so <laughs> you're the DJ. I'm aware you're that the it's DJ for the Lakers, so you pay attention to um, the Lakers. Correct. You, no, you you above pay attention. You're invested in the Lakers. Correct. Do you like? Do you watch one to two games a week of college basketball? The first in the regular season college basketball games I watched from beginning to end this year were when I DJ the Pac-12 basketball okay. tournament last week. Got it. So I pay attention by listening to sports talk radio or watching highlights that way. Okay. I cool. am, because a lot of my life, I've said this before, like is DJing sporting events. So then watching them on TV, like I need a little bit of a break. For so sure. I'll do highlights and things like that, but rarely will I watch. Like the first NFL game I watched this year was the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little more invested in, yeah. in NFL. But like that's about how I am with college basketball. Like I'll catch snippets. But I, it's a lot. I mean, there's looking at the bracket, like even if you pay attention, how do you know all of those teams? Right. Yeah. The coolest thing about college basketball is the rivalries and just the school spirit, right? Like for watching the game of basketball, I much prefer to watch an NBA game, but to watch the passion of the fans and the student section is, especially that's, that's why March Madness is incredible. Last night, uh, downstairs, in uh, the Chick Hearn press room at uh-huh. Staples Center, getting ready for the Lakers game. Went down there to grab some water and stuff, and the Duke, into the Duke game was on. What a phenomenal... If the Lakers game would have started earlier, <laughs> nobody would have been there because the entire media, a lot of the staff, like all the ball kids, everybody was in there. It was like you were in the arena watching the game itself. Like People were cheering, yeah. oohs and ahs. If it like, would have gone into overtime... Oh, there would not have been music the, for the first quarter of the we would have been, game. The game would have started late. Yeah. yeah. Due to technical difficulties, the Lakers game will be starting late this evening. What a, what a ridiculous finish. I mean, first of all, Zion, just like the man getting up there, getting the 7'6". How tall is he? 7'6". Yeah. Not sure I would have called a foul on that. That's just getting me. Him to, right, but getting him to foul out, yep. like whether it was a, yeah, yeah. a chintzy call or yeah, whatever. Yeah. At the end of the game. Oh, my gosh. And then, uh, of course, it works out when he misses the free throw. Yes. Like... Like, first of all, the 7-6 dude would have had that rebound. Yep. Everything just happened to work. And they still should have lost. Like, 
Correct. How did that putback not go in? It, if that guy, if that same sequence happened again, that ball would have gone in the next nine ninety-five times. out of hundred. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Um, checking out the bracket right now. I'm definitely gonna stick on this for a second. Wait, who, who's your who's your final four, Jeremy? I don't know, but I I don't remember. But I have okay. Tennessee winning it all. Nice. Yeah. I have Tennessee in the championship game losing to Duke. Duke is one of those teams that they could win the whole thing or they could have lost yesterday and would have ruined everybody's bracket. Yeah, correct. Duke, Virginia Tech, I got that. LSU, Michigan State, I have that. Uh, I've got Purdue. Nope, I had Nova over Purdue. Sorry, everybody. I'm just yeah. We're personal time yeah. here for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, I like how fine. like yeah. four minutes ago you said we could talk volley, and then we started <laughs> immediately talking immediately yeah. basketball. Oh, that was basketball. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, losing all two of our listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be five pretty soon when the CVW guys get. get yeah. On here. Speaking of which, coming up, we have John Mayer. Yeah. Former professional beach volleyball Former player. Former professional, John yes. Mayer. And we'll do college volleyball weekly, and then uh, we're out. So we'll and we're out. We'll actually talk volleyball today. Yes, uh, it's a it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting year. It's one of those pre pre Olympic years where there's gonna be a lot of conflicts with the FIVB schedule. Yep, uh, which is great for bubble teams for the AVP for qualifier main draw teams because they're gonna get oh yeah they'll be rooting for more teams to go to to go to more tournaments. Yeah, um, I think there's I think everybody sh- oh, not everybody a lot of people should be at Huntington, but what is during Huntington, what am I missing here? There's something. Well, there's a lot going on because you have a lot going on. Uh, Golf Shores event. Yep. For women, right? The oh yeah, for NCAA. NCAA, correct. and then yep. the men's finals indoor is in Long Beach that yep. same weekend as well. <laughs> Super then, smart. Uh, Super smart planning. I think the looking at the FIVB schedule right now, there's a three star in Kuala Lumpur the same weekend. So maybe a couple teams will go to that three star. Um, not the not the biggest teams of course but uh well and it all depends now too right like because there were some fivb events that were originally planned that are not there anymore mm-hmm. there aren't as many options for teams to skip events correct so it'll be interesting to see because they need a minimum of 12 they to, need up do they need a minimum of 12 or up to 12 i think it's a minimum you need to play in you a have minimum. to play in at least 12 yes okay to, we're talking qualify for the Olympics. Qualifying for the Olympics. You have to play in a minimum amount of tournaments. And they take your top 12 tournaments. So if you play in 14, they'll take your top 12 point-getting tournaments out of those 14. I believe that's the number. Yeah. Um, but I haven't talked to like the players or coaches and seen like what their plans are. I know they've scheduled some things out. We had Sarah Pavin in here a few mm-hmm. weeks ago when you were here um, talking about their schedule and how a lot of times they plan at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, I, I mean – like we said, whatever's on the FIVB calendar right now, I guarantee won't it won't take a screenshot of it right now, and then look at it again in September and let me Correct. know uh, how many changes there have been. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on the AVB tour. I haven't looked at the conflicts. Um, I know there's some like there. I think there is an FIVB Manhattan Beach weekend, isn't there? There is an FIVB Manhattan Beach weekend. That would be Moscow, which is a four star. And the thing is, there might not even there might not be twelve combined. Four star, five like there I might not be twelve four and five star tournaments. How many over five the stars are there now? Three. It depends this, on who you ask. This year, um, I think four now. Depends on who I ask. Yeah, <laughs> um, you've got Stad. Who, who should I ask, yeah. Mark? <laughs> so you've got. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Hamburg. 
Well, because the world finals. The world champs. The world champs champ, in Hamburg sorry. in yeah. June are not technically a five-star. It's actually, I think, more points than a five-star. So we'll count that as a five-star. Because it's, okay. it's better than a five-star yep. or equal to. Yeah. Um, you've got Stad. Stad. Stad, which is the week after Hamburg. And then <clears throat> you've got Vienna at the end of July, um, the week after Hermosa AVP. So July 31st to August 4th. Um, so you've got those three tournaments. And then, yes, as you were about to say, I think the World Tour Finals in Rome is now a five-star. It'll be the first five-star not run by beach majors in and a that's while. over Manhattan Beach weekend? No, that is actually after Chicago. Oh, okay. The Manhattan Beach is a four-star in Russia. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Which I'm curious to how that one goes. I think you won't lose – like, you have Phil and Nick, Taylor and Jake, Try and Trevor – on the men's side, and then you have for the women, you've got Sarah and Summer, April and Alex. I'm trying to like who would be number three right now? Potentially Clay's and Sponsel, potentially Stockman and Larson. Like I think they're pretty much in the same boat right now. M Day and Betsy had a great tournament in uh, in Australia, mm-hmm. getting second. Um, uh, that's a tough one. That's the toughest conflict for the players. Nobody wants to miss Manhattan Beach, no, but it's nobody. a four-star. Well, and also and it's hard to miss a four-star. Well, and because it's Olympic qualifying, correct? And there's not as many tournaments. Like you, like I said, you can't afford to skip a bunch of FIVBs. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. Here's the other problem with. Here's a problem uh, with my issue with the point system and how world rankings work on the FIVB. I need and to then have put. A- Master's that, degree in calculus to figure it out. Correct. Yeah. Putting that next to next to the Olympic qualification thing. So here we go. FIVB world rankings. You get your your eight best results from the last 365 days. Yep. Eight best results from the last year. Olympic qualification completely separate. You get your 12 from the time qualification starts, which was September yeah, or October of last year, all the way through. The Everybody last starts at the zero, but your world tour ranking points helps rank you in the Olympic qualifying to start out with. Correct. Correct. It helps rank you to get into the the tournaments. tournaments. But here's the problem. I talked to Sarah Hughes. Mm -hmm. Um, This was probably three weeks before the Australia tournament, the Mm three-star in Sydney. Her and Summer were not going to that three-star tournament because if they won the Sydney tournament, they would lose world ranking points. However, it would count towards their Olympic qualification standing. Interesting. Okay, got it. So you're losing out one. It's a it's a lose lose situation. So like you're encouraging you want how's, the players to go to as many. T- how is that possible? It's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's you want the players to go to be at the tournaments and to gain Olympic qualifier points, but you're penalizing them just for going. So it's there's something wrong with that system. I understand that there's less points for the lower stars, and that's sort of the point of the system is to have the higher players play the fours and five stars. But when you're only offering three slash four five stars in a year, there's got to be some sort of some sort of give. Shouldn't be a punishment for doing well in a tournament. Correct. It's just I don't know, it's just my frustration. Just how the, yeah, I don't know what the solution to that is. I don't either. Well, I think the solution is having more tournaments, and it's tough when well, you lose a five star early on in the year. Um, not yeah. blaming anybody for that, but for some reason you lose a five star. The it's reality of the sport. It's a money situation. Exactly. If you lose tournaments, it's a money situation. That's just a reality. There's no who are you gonna blame. Right. Nobody for that. But yeah. it's, I feel like there needs to be some sort of adjustment after the Olympics to 
the point system if this is if this kind of tournament this kind of yeah. system is going to continue and you're not going to have a ton of four and five stars i think you need to change that got it somehow yeah and i'm okay with the olympic qualification process maybe it's a little bit long but overall i sort of like it because i like that you have to prove yourself over a couple of years i don't think it should be like other sports where you have an olympic swimming trial and it's that you know it's two months before the olympics and that's one tournament is how you decide i think volleyball is a different sport i agree that it's shouldn't be one tournament um I always go back to the you are going to get a bigger fan base for the sport and especially you as an individual player because you if you want fans to know who you are you have to do really well in the Olympics if the fans will tune into a qualifier for the Olympics and they might know you and follow you along your entire entire journey so fan engagement I think you would get more if there was some type of trials now I don't I don't agree that it should just be one tournament um and I agree that, or I think that if you're a higher-ranked team, you get to skip a bunch of rounds. You don't have to play as many matches mm. to qualify. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd have to you know, research it more to figure out all that stuff out. But I've had talked with players about this. I understand why they like this process better. I, I totally understand. But I've talked to players about um, if the goal is to grow the sport, you more eyes are required. You need tournaments with bigger stakes. Correct. Rather than having the same tournaments over a year and a half or two years that all count towards yeah. the same goal because and that's I'm confusing. Sure, somebody smarter than I can would figure out a way to make it as fair as possible. And and if the argument is, well, what if I have one bad tournament? You could have one bad tournament at the Olympics and that's it for you. Right. So, huh? yeah, just just a thought from the outside. It's interesting, though. Volleyball is such an interesting game because, yeah, that one bad tournament sort of theory is is so is so unique almost to volleyball because it's a it's a tournament based sport, yeah. Not usually a league based sport where you're working towards something seven months later. Um, it's hey, if you do bad this tournament, that's all right. We're right back to the next tournament, and we're in the same place that we were before this happened. It's almost like there's not as much at stake in any individual tournament because they are individual tournaments and the fact, and so the Olympic qualification process being that it's two years long, which I like that you have to prove yourself over a certain amount of time. But actually I think you're right. I I think it's, I think it would be more exciting to do a shorter period and it would up the stakes for each individual. Yeah. And I'm talking more from like the, sponsorship fan perspective right like but again if that's your goal is to grow the sport these are like you're saying it's the um what's the difference for me watching a tournament in april as opposed to tournament september you might not know the drama of unless you really look into it like oh this team needs to get a third place or better or else they don't qualify like think about track and field Mm. you don't know any track and field person Mm-mm. You know Usain Bolt. Right. He's not even from our country, but we're rooting for him. He's not even from the United States, but you're rooting for him. One, because you've never seen anything like that before. And watching him run is – watching him run for 10 seconds is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And he goes like that. Yeah. I mean, come on. The fact that he is blowing by people who were also world-class athletes – <laughs> Which looks easy, right? The he's fact, not like the fact r- that he's running looks to the side and then goes, "Okay, I'll yeah, start running." And then now. how he has another gear, 
Like yeah. those uh, the other guys he's running against aren't like high school kids. Right. They are world class athletes. It's ridiculous. Can you imagine how much they must hate him in that moment? Like they're running as hard as they can. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm a little ahead of Usain Bolt. Boom. You were literally running your best race of your life. Right. And it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so yeah, so when I talk about trials, yep. and we can go back to it, like the AVP players were into trials, a majority of them for a little while, and then until it went under, then they were like, wait, 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 wait. We need to go back to, or let's not implement that. So I get all that. There's all kinds of politics and all kinds of stuff like that. Right. Um, and like I said, I'm just looking at it from the entertainment side of the uh, fan value and which would actually up your value potentially as a player too. Um, so let's, for instance, like Lauren and Brooke mm-hmm. didn't do great at this past Olympics. Right. But if you would have followed them through a trials and saw them make the Olympics, maybe you would have paid more attention to them at the Olympics and maybe you get more sponsors going into the Olympics, things like that. I don't, that's a, you know, you don't necessarily. I don't know if that would be true or not, but that's there's more potential for that than there is the other way around. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You know, you said you would need somebody <clears throat> smarter to, you know, so you're sure somebody smarter than you can oh, figure something out. Yes. Well, we have somebody smarter than both of us combined. Uh, that would be Johnny Mayer. Yes. Who just texted me and said he's calling in seven minutes earlier than or five minutes earlier than we planned, which is wonderful. I love it. So like he says he's calling now. You know what? Do you need the... Uh, I need the dongle. That thing right there? The dongle. The fact that it's called a dongle, dongle. just seems very... Uh, it seems a little inappropriate. I'm not going to lie to you. It seems like somebody named it and was laughing while they named oh, it. Oh, yeah. So let's see. Now we really get to determine if I do have enough service in here. We're going to find <laughs> out. Let us know when he calls. I will. Um, Johnny Mayer, man. It's a bummer. I'm not going to be able to see him out there. Well, I'll be able to see him out there, but not on the court. I believe he'll be coaching a couple of beach teams this Well, year. I'm sure we'll talk about this, but he kind of tried to sneak in the retirement thing without anybody knowing. As in at the banquet? Yeah, like you knew, and he wasn't like, it wasn't public knowledge yet. You, do you know when I found out? Was it at the banquet? It was at the banquet. I remember, I remember us talking about it, and you're like, hey... I know this isn't scheduled on there, but like we need to mention this. Well, and we wouldn't have mentioned it unless his wife, Paula, had come up to me and be like, hey, John's not really telling anybody, but it, it's okay if you tell him. He's, she's like, if you could say something about it, that'd be great. Good. I was like, first of all, I was like, what? Yeah. He's retiring? Yeah. And I was like- Here, you had to go get some Kleenexes yeah. real quick? Yeah. yeah. John does not want the attention on him. He doesn't like- He just doesn't care. No, yeah, right. Yeah. For sure. And He's it's like, not- why would anybody care if I'm retiring? I'm like, John. Some of us care, John. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not calling now. He lied to me, oh. but but he is he's, typing. I see, I see the the, I see the, the dots. dots. He's going to text you momentarily. That's right. We can keep talking about him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, John was one of those people. Legitimately, like, didn't care about no. if he got the limelight or not. Not at all. Yeah. Oop! It's going to my voicemail. So apparently, it's not working. Now. Let, me, call... let me try to. Should I try to call him? Yeah. See if that works. See if that works. Um, I can't wait to talk about when he cursed at me during the awards banquet one year. Call failed. Oh my gosh, that's so good. That was my first awards banquet, and that was, that was my so, favorite moment of any awards banquet. So great. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't call him either. Let's see. Uh, you can use my phone. Cool. Should I call him or should I have him call you? You can call him from my phone. Do you need the dongle? I do not. You don't? No. Get with the times, Jeremy. I know. Well, you could brag about your updated phone, but look at your screen compared yeah, to mine. I didn't <laughs> knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Let me call him. 
That's right. Isn't there an Apple announcement today? They'll be talking about new phones that is the new greatest thing ever. And Probably. Yeah. New greatest thing ever, meaning they have like an extra security feature on it. Yeah. I don't know. The battery life is, if you don't do anything to your phone, it lasts for 24 hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> John, leave a message. Oh, text him back and tell him what's in his voicemail. <laughs> tell John if he doesn't answer, we're going to give his number out live on air. <laughs> <laughs> I believe John is actually... Or he just like, he saw it was from me and he's like, ignore. <laughs> Reject. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Calling from Jeremy. Well, by the time this works out, it'll be right on time. Exactly. Yeah. Um. He's actually, so he was coaching, I believe, at Ocean Park. He's the LMU Beach Volleyball coach. and mm-hmm. he, Oh, he was calling me at the time that we yeah. just called him. So here we go. But he's driving back now, so maybe we'll get to talk to him and his team. Awesome. Are they on the bus? I think John is driving the van. Hello? John! We made hey. it happen. What's up, man? We did it. What's up, Mark? Are you, uh, are you driving from the beach right now? No, just got back uh, to campus. Oh, nice. I was hoping yeah. we'd get to talk to you and the entire team. Yeah, that's, that's right. fine. Put us on speakerphone. <laughs> no, they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me uh, drive and talk. So. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, put on speakerphone, hands free. Yeah, or not, or not. Um, hey, Johnny, you still there? Yeah. Okay, just, just make sorry, sure. What did you say? No, no, you're good. Yeah. No, nothing important. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, uh, welcome to the show, John. Guys, we've got a, an MVP of the AVP, um, a professional, former professional beach volleyball player. Johnny, what's going on, man? What What is what is this former volleyball player thing? Somebody told me you retired. <laughs> it must have been you. You told everyone. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was it was Paula that told me, John. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's weird to hear you say that. I don't think I've heard anyone say that, former. Um yeah, well, uh, I love playing volleyball, and I loved playing it, and I've done it for a lot of my life. And um, I think from a physical standpoint, I, I could continue to play. Uh, so it wasn't an easy decision, but I felt like uh, my my passion and um, my a lot of my thoughts and I was being consumed by coaching and how I could coach this team at LMU better. And it was just, I did it for three years where I played and you know tried to run a D1 program and um, it just it just felt like it was too much, and I I couldn't do both jobs at the standard I wanted to. So decided I had to focus on one, and um, so I'm just diving into coaching. But um, actually, for the first time, I had a dream last night that I, I played. So like I think it was like some someone got hurt, and I had to sub in, and I was just awful. So hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you win in your dream or no? <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I, and people have already said, like, oh, you know, you, you'll play the SoCal once. And, you know, for sure someone's going to pull you out. But I haven't played since uh, the Chicago event, the ABC Chicago event. And I, I felt like for me to hang with the athletes and the level of player on the ABP level and the FIVB level, I had to work a little harder than all of them. So if I came out now, it'd just be, it'd be a sad sight. So, well, John, what happen. if... What if somebody asked you to play one tournament who didn't care if you could really hang or not? They just wanted to play in a main draw. <laughs> if it was Mark Sherman, I'd probably I'd <laughs> yes. do it. That's what I'm looking uh, for. And by that, he means else, no. for the right amount of money right. is what he's getting at. <laughs> for the right price, I will play with you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I will give you everything I'm making from hosting this show today. <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Johnny, um, okay, so you're coaching LMU, and are you coaching any teams on the AVP? Are we still going to see you out there? Yeah, uh, I've been working with Billy Allen and Stafford Slick. Um, okay. you know, right now, my LMU team's in season, so we're, I'm just getting out with them once a week, and I, I watch some, you know, they put film up, and I watch film and send them notes, but just for them, uh, helped out a little bit with Betsy Flint and Emily mm-hmm. Day, um, kind of as an assistant coach there, but yeah, I've um, especially once the LMU season's done, I'll be uh, able to do more. But so now I'm just trying to kind of help where I can. Cool. Okay, so that makes sense. Betsy, who went to LMU, and is she still assisting you as a coach at LMU? Yeah, she is. Okay. Um, yeah, I I learned more from her than I think she learned from me. But uh, yeah, I love love being around that team. They're awesome. Awesome. And then Billy, obviously, even though Billy for a long time also does coach your brains out with you. Uh, so those are two people you're pretty connected to, but have other people reached out to you to coach them, Johnny? I would think like John Mayer's done playing. I'm probably going to want to learn what that guy knows because everybody knows you're you know volleyball and you're 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 such a smart guy with the volleyball world. I would think somebody would. Has anybody reached out to you, John? Uh, a couple of people have. A couple of people have reached out, but um, yeah, just my time commitment. It's hard to For really sure. to do. I, w- I wouldn't want to do it unless. Um, like I could really help and, and do it right. Um, and with, with Billy and Betsy, I got, you know, such a strong relationship and care so much about them as, as people. It's a no brainer. Like I'd like to do whatever I can to just be around and do what I can. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to, to I love coaching. So I love the, the more I can do it, the better. And, and that just helps. It's just good reps. Like just like playing, the more you play, the better you get. Yeah. The more you coach, the better you get. So to be able to around people who are, you know, pursuing excellence and, and, you know, pushing to the edges of their abilities. That's that's what I want to be a part of. So, um, you know, Mark, if you're if you're looking, I'm ready. If I'm looking to to play. Oh, if you're looking to. Oh, yeah. Again, I mean, let's go. I, I know. You know, I was thinking. I think some of the regrets as a coach is, you know, the player. You know, people don't know I coached you for for three years, and it's been probably ten years now since I coached you. But yeah. Gosh, I wish I I knew now what I. I wish I knew then what I know now. And you think, gosh, all the stuff I did wrong and wish I would have done better. But I'm part of, you know, and then you just realize there's so much stuff right now that I'm doing wrong. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that's why it's fun because, you, you know, you're always growing and trying to get better. So I got to coach you way better now, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you think it's things you did wrong or just the knowledge base of everybody in the volleyball community at that time? Sorry, say that again. It's hard, it's uh, hard to hear, Jim. I'm probably from a distance. Um, when you said you did things wrong – would you say that it, that's just more of experience at that time or just the volleyball knowledge at that time when you were coaching then? Gosh, I think it's both. I think, you know, a lot of times what you do as a coach, as a young coach, is you do what um, works for you as a player because that's all you know, or you do what, you know, whatever coach you had, you do exactly what they did. Um, and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad, and, you know, depending on the level of coach you had. So I, I think it's, you know, I've um, read up more and learned more and studied. You know, there's a big field of research on uh, called motor learning of studying how people um, practice best. <laughs> so I've kind of read up on that and learned more about that. And then there's just there's just so much to coaching. It's like you have to be good at relationships. You have to be good with your language, giving good feedback. You have to understand biomechanics. Um, you have to understand psychology. Like there's just like such a broad. And then you get into like data and analytics and understanding like what kind of serves are most effective and, 
you know, what kind of offenses work. And, you know, there, there's just so much to know. And I feel like I'm just starting to, like, scratch the surface with all that. What but are, a lot of it has been, like, through our through our podcast and, and um, through playing professionally and meeting people and just learning from, from all these, like, uh, great coaches and great people. What are some of the main things that, when you were younger, you're like, oh, this is the best way to train or coach that now you look back and you're like, nope, that is completely wrong. <laughs> uh, I think something that's pretty common that I did is I would run a practice that uh, was uh, maybe too, I don't know if easy is the right word, but I would, I would do drills that made everyone feel good, like uh, maybe a controlled drill where it was like a lot of free balls and you know, no block up and we're bouncing balls and we're, um, yeah, just, you know, it feels really organized and it feels structured and like, you know, everyone's confident and it's great. And then you get out to the match and like the other team is serving tough and they're putting big hands in your face and it's really windy. And I don't know, there's just like all these factors that we tried to avoid in practice. Uh, at least early on, I tried to avoid because I wanted to feel like, I guess I wanted to make people feel, feel comfortable. Um, but the more I've learned is, you know, practice has to look like the match and practice has to be random and it has to be challenging and it's, it's got to, um, really push you. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the biggest one. There's, there's a lot more. So with, um, with, with that sort of change for you, John, does that mean that you're no longer allowing anybody to the practice that wants to be there? Cause when I, when I was there in 2008, man, I tell you what, Gerardo, I'm so glad you let him stay in the gym. He didn't play a ton, but man, Gerardo, he was the glue of that team. There were probably 27 guys at any given practice. Nice. Have you gone away from that theory, John? Do you cut people? Uh, I, I love that theory, especially for the men's game. I think not enough men get opportunities to play uh, at, a, at, at Santa Monica College, at a junior college, where tuition is pretty inexpensive. Um, I, I wanted to try to grow the game, and I wanted people to be involved. Um I think the thing I could have done better is, is with like role clarification or, or role identity, telling people, you know, you're not going to play a lot in practice, but we'd love you to have you, have you be a part of the team. And there's ways you can contribute. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the idea of growing the game here at LMU, you know, it's wished uh, a lot higher and um, we have to sometimes use our resources a little bit more wisely um, and invest our time in small groups of people and, Plenty of girls have opportunities all over the country, mm-hmm. um, so it's a little different different deal. Got you, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> before I, what do we got? We got college volleyball weekly coming up in five minutes. Before I forget, me and Jeremy were having a uh, an international beach volleyball points discussion, and we think uh, mm-hmm. we think you may be able to weigh in. So I was saying, okay. one of the things that I am. That, that frustrates me a little bit uh, as a volleyball fan and just knowing knowing these players and seeing the dilemma that they have to face. Um, I was talking to Sarah Hughes probably three weeks before the three-star tournament in Sydney, yeah. and she was saying they weren't going to play it. They wanted to, but they weren't going to because even if they won the tournament, they would lose world ranking points. And mm-hmm. how, However, since we're in the Olympic qualification period – you need to play tournaments that will count towards your Olympic ranking. So this is a tournament that would have counted towards their Olympic ranking that's taking away from their world ranking, and there's just not the quantity of four- and five-star higher point-getting tournaments uh, that, I mean, that they can just play all those and not even worry about the three-stars. So it's almost like it's a double-edged sword. You have to do one thing that's going to be a detriment 
to the other thing and we're like there has to be some sort of solution to that do you have any do you have any thoughts on that or is that a is that a challenge that the yeah. players face no i have thoughts i don't know if i know the right answers and it's so like case by case team by team and i i definitely see that there is strategy and uh i was never one to like think that way <laughs> and you know i never made the Olympics for one gold medal so i don't know if i'm like how to ask but i i would err towards um uh, not thinking so much about points, but thinking about how can our team become the best team we can become? How can we improve? And what's it going to take for us to, you know, to be playing at the highest level we can? And, and to do that, you got to play tournaments and you got to be challenged and play against the best in the world. And if like, you know, a points difference of, uh, that's, if it's pretty marginal, like, oh, we're going to lose a couple here, but we're going to get a chance to compete and get better, then I think you go do that. Like, you do so much training, then you might as well, <laughs> well, get out there and get after it. Um, but I, I get there's like some strategy to it and all that, but I, I don't think like, I think when Misty and Carrie played and they're a different beast, but, and maybe the point system was a little different, but there's still some of that, but I don't think they were thinking like, you know, should we play this for point? They were like, we are going to dominate. We're going to go into win tournament. Uh, and, you know, just tell us where to sign up. And right. the great teams, the great teams do that. They don't, they're, they're not as worried about their gamesmanship and, in the whole points battle. Yeah, and and I mean, to be completely fair, who knows what other reasons there were. It it could also be like, do I really want to take a 15-hour flight to Sydney right now? Maybe sure. they had other stuff going on. There could on. be like, financial reasons. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And like I said, each team's different and I think you have to get with your partner and your team and from a financial perspective, that's a big mm-hmm. thing to consider from yeah, thinking about the whole season. Um, but uh, to me, like points should be lower on the list than it is. I think people over think that. Um, I think the reason you play tournaments is because you love volleyball. You love to compete with your partner. Uh, you want to be challenged by the best in the world. And maybe you want to make a little money. I just never thought, like, oh, I'm going to get these, like, imaginary points. That's why I go play. And I right. hear people talk about it uh, way more than I think they should. It, it does matter. It's, it's a part of the, the deal. But um, I think it's over overvalued and over-talked about. Nice. Yeah. Love it. That's why I wanted to ask you, John. A very important question I have on a scale of okay. on a scale of one to ten. How upset yep. were you with me oh, at the boy. awards banquet when I played "Your Body Is a Wonderland" when you won, <laughs> I believe, Defensive Player of the Year before you knew you were getting the MVP? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Scale of one to ten. Ten being extremely furious. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that vividly. As do I. Um. <laughs> you you cursed at me, and it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that often. So I must have been pretty upset. <laughs> so at least <laughs> an at least a nine uh, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think you know that guy was really popular when I was in college, so I got really rad. Uh, of course, yeah. So it must have uh, just you know he kind of went away for a while. I think he just brought out some some emotions that were just bottling up inside. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I think it, you know my my ten is probably hard to tell. You can't really see my ten. I'm pretty mellow. Uh, so maybe I was uh, I was eight out of ten. <laughs> well, I obvious I knew that you were winning the MVP, um, so I knew that I could <laughs> yeah, get away with I knew I, I could get away with making fun of you at first, and then get really serious with it. And the fact that you, when you got to the podium and you looked at me and kids, cover your ears, you literally looked at me and go, "What a dick!" <laughs> it was one of the funny. I like I knew you were legitimately upset, but it was one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. It was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought, you know, I thought that was uh, my one award for my whole career. You know? <laughs> that was my moment, you know? Totally. I didn't know there was more coming. I don't even know what your speech was after that, 
No idea. Because I was just replaying the whole fact that you cursed at me on stage. It was, it was <laughs> totally worth it. Well, it probably wasn't that good of speech. Johnny, uh, let's see. How uh, We talked about it on you, but I want to talk about your team a little bit because that's your main focus right now. And what's your? Uh, how is the season going? How are you guys looking? As I look at the schedule, I think I have you winning their last – we already on a four-duel win streak, I believe. Yeah, we've won the last couple. Uh, you know, our, our team's good. Uh, it's the best LMU team we've ever had. Uh, but we want more. We want to keep getting better. Uh, we've we uh, had a good win over Cal Poly, who's in the top ten, and uh, beat uh, GCU, a, a real good team. So we've had a couple good wins, and then we had some tight ones. We almost uh, had SC uh, in a pretty close one, and um, we had Long Beach State in a three-two. So we we played uh, some good teams, uh, really tough, and we've beaten a couple good teams. But uh, man, it's it's hard. There's, <laughs> like I said before, there's there's a lot to it, especially with this beach. Uh, you know, you have five different teams. Who you know, from uh, there's personality things to to work through, and there's then there's volleyball things, and each team has different different challenges to to take on, and trying to stay on top of it all, and, and trying to get them to be playing at their highest level each week is, is hard. And, but that's why it's fun. It's just always different. And, um, the girls here are unbelievable. They, they work their butts off. So I'm, I'm really thankful I get to be at LMU every day. And, uh, just a, a great job. Do you have any any players that we can uh, look forward to potentially seeing on the AVP soon? Anybody that are going to be uh, playing any of the qualifiers this summer? Who should we watch out for? Yeah, we, we have a couple of good ones. We have a girl named Megan Nash. Who, she's a Canadian, so she's going to play on the FIVB. Uh, she's, a, she's actually a grad student for us, so she's going to start playing for Canada. Next year, um, and she—I mean, she'd love to play AVP. If, uh, we're not sure how that's going to go down this year. I've heard um, that she might have an opportunity. Not she, I've but heard, I've heard some of the same rumors. So yeah. I'm hoping she wants to stay here and live here and, and cool. play. Um, I have another one named Savannah Slattery, mm-hmm. uh, who definitely will play AVP, and she uh, she was she was Sarah's sponsor's partner when she played here, and they're, they're really good together. Uh, so she'll play some events, and uh, there's, there's a couple others that'll they'll be getting out there. Cool. cool. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it college volleyball weekly time, Jeremy? Sure. Johnny, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, yeah. And, and fit, me, fitting it in between your practice and your team meeting. we uh, <laughs> I, I would have you on here every time I did this. And nice. if you miss... Yeah, I, wish I, could, I wish I could have been in there. I'd love to just hang out all day with you guys and talk volleyball. I could do that for sure, but i got to go to these meetings and yeah, real life. do all this other stuff. Yeah. Well, but, if you miss John Mayer on tour this year, you can tune into Coach Your Brains Out podcast mm-hmm. and listen to him. There you go. There you go. There you go. And looking forward to probably Johnny getting a wild card with me in Hermosa. Hey-o. So look out for that one. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are on stadium yeah. court so I can play uh, John Mayer the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, all right. All, all right. right. Let's do it. All right, yeah. thanks, Johnny. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, love hearing from John Mayer. Uh, John's great. Could talk to him for hours. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me get the college all with you guys. I love how it's he's he always gives you – he starts out with the humility where it's like no matter what he's going to talk about, he's like, I don't know if I'm really qualified to talk about this. Like maybe you wanted somebody better. But here you go. Come on. Here's bro. my full analysis. Yeah, come on, yeah. bro. You're, you're <laughs> definitely qualified to yeah. – uh, Johnny, who's six – Three? One? No, he, I'm taller than him. I think he's six like six one. Okay, so having the career that he had yes. at that height, left-handed yes. against some big monsters that are out there now, like... Well, and the height thing, that started at Pepperdine. He was a setter 
at Pepperdine, which traditionally like a gigantic team, mm-hmm. like '90s and 2000s, like they they always had one of the tallest, if not the tallest, team in the country. And then this guy steps in; he's the setter. And then for the national championship team in '05, he's the starting opposite at six feet one. So. Yeah, <laughs> Colin, Rob, are you there? Jeremy Rush is now calling, according to Siri. Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Rush is calling you. It's amazing Jeremy, how Siri. Oh my well, gosh. yeah. All right, Rob, hold on. I'm going to get everybody else online. I got it. Um, Why is it that Siri pronounces names differently on different phones? Because I think for me, you're to, you're Rushi. Yeah, um, I th- I believe I've said this on the show before, but uh, my wife, who mm-hmm. also has the same name, right, as me. I have not changed her name in my phone. Okay. Because I get angry at Siri when she responds <laughs> to me with now calling Nicole Roche or whatever she says. It upsets me greatly. Yeah. So I <laughs> left it as Ray. Uh, Jay, looks like you're on. I'm going to try to call Vinny now. One moment. They should both be on calling Vinny. Although Vinny, I don't. Did he respond to my text? Oh, well, we're going to give him a call and find out, Mark. Let's see how much. Should we just ask Vinny about beach volleyball? This is College Volleyball Weekly. So you should be like, hey, Vinny, so <laughs> what's going on? Uh, who are your top teams right now for. He mentioned some schools last week. Now, Vinny? let's be honest. A lot of times I'm not paying attention. Right. Um, but he mentioned some schools last week I literally had never heard of before. I think there's like 95. I could That could be completely wrong. Look, there are plenty of schools that I haven't heard of before, and that doesn't mean. Well, yeah, my point is there's like 95 beach volleyball schools and still like 50 men's indoor volleyball schools. Crazy. That is what it is. Gentlemen, do I have all three of you there? Rob, Jay, Vinny? Yeah, I am going. Awesome. Well, I'm glad technology is working, and uh, I'm now going to turn this over to Mark to uh, ask you guys questions so you can run with the show, and I'm going to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First of all, guys, thank you for doing this uh, a little early today. I appreciate your uh, ability to come on at... 10:49 instead of 11 o'clock, um, and uh, I want to get right into it. Vinny, I need your beach volleyball takes of the last week. NCAA beach volleyball, go for it, Vinny. <laughs> yeah, so you know it was what a fantastic weekend in beach volleyball. Who could have imagined that one team with that win? And then uh, I was really surprised at that other team that that was able to pull out pull out that win. It was. Uh, you know, it, it was really sandy. Um, there was a lot of good volleys, and I'm really excited. You know, <laughs> it was really for, for the sandy. Of the it was really sandy. That is just <laughs> expert. Are we talking about the plane ride that had that slowed that one team down that came in late and didn't have any time to warm up and, and oh, played the match accordingly? Did we talk about that team? Oh no that 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 was a great thing. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say this though: you know, keep your eye on Pepperdine. Keep your eye on Long Beach State. I have them in my final four. <laughs> veteran teams, season coaches, those are my two that I'm taking. you, you got to keep an eye out for any school that was once coached by Marv Dumphy. I mean, I'm just saying that. that uh, you know, you just got to keep your eye out. Vinny, not just the indoor guy. I love it. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, hey, uh, so, Robbie... Um, let's talk That's to good. you. Let's talk to you first. Uh, give me your give me your hot take from the weekend for uh, for men's indoor volleyball. But you can actually give me some beach volleyball beach volleyball thoughts too. <laughs> well, I'll do that at the end of the post indoor. But there's some good stuff going on in beach. But hey, uh, this week was at least from a, a Midwest to West perspective was a tumultuous week. There's some 
big matches that uh, I'd love to hear the other guys chime in on. But, uh, one of the main stories of the week is number one Long Beach State goes down in three to USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been looking at the stats, and man, it is amazing what they're able to pull together that night because, you know, they've always been a team that's been, they've always had one pin hitter that's been dominating. The rest just didn't show up. Well, this night, all three showed up, and this is what happened. They took down the number one team. They had three hitters hitting over 500, 14 and 13 kills each. Um, you know, they shut down Long Beach State's attack. They, you know, Long Beach State had been hitting 440 in the season. They held them to 215. Both TJ DeFalco and Kyle Ensing hit 100 and uh, or below 125. And uh, Lewis Richard also hit below 125. So, you know, what they were doing effectively, they were serving so stinking tough. Their, their, their strategy was simple. Serve the spit out of the ball and keep it away from TJ DeFalco. And they're, they're running so many balls out of system. And you can see the, 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 just the, the lack of uh, attacks or attempts in the middle for Long Beach State and the amount of balls that are going to the pins. Um, they were out of system and they just could not get it done uh, with, with the three hot hands of FC. And that was a huge, huge takedown that was so unsus- unsuspected. So, how much of that? Because that, that obviously was the one match that, that was pretty. Uh, well seen across the country as a major upset. But how much of that is, A, attributed to USC playing in the North Gym opposed to playing in the Big Gym? Uh, and two, you know, with all the commotion going on at USC with the, uh, the students getting in on the, uh, on the NCAA violations that are going on, how much of that affected them? And they kind of rallied the, the troops a little bit and circled the wagons and kind of went, all right, it's us against the world. And, uh, and just went up there and just balled like they could the whole season. Oh, that was that was amazing. You know, they, they had a great crowd, and you could just see that the, the energy was there, and they wanted this. And if you, you talk, like, uh, uh, Gary Sato, assistant uh, coach for SC, at the end of the match, tweeted out, like, hey, these guys wanted this. They worked hard this week. They knew they had the talent, and they, they wanted this match. And, you know, the, the talent came out in a big kind of way. And, you know, unfortunately – you know, a great venue, Galen, you know, that to have a big match like that was awesome. But apparently the Kids' Choice Awards took precedent. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we have fallen victim to that scheduling before. That's, yeah. that's not new. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, for Long Beach, it shouldn't have been a disadvantage at all. I mean, they, they play the gold mine, too, which is a very similar setting to, to that, that gym, or North Gym at SC. So, you know, yeah. it just came down to it. The fact is, USC came to play, and that's what happens when all the pieces dial in at the same time. And, you know, they're, I mean, they're definitely a team to watch. They can rock the MPSF. Because I was looking at their schedule, they go in with a confidence of after beating Long Beach State and then knocking out Pepperdine and UCLA later on in the season. Hey, you're going to have a three way tie for first place in the MPSF. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you. If you talk about that match, uh, Vinny, are you going to are you going to talk about that match more, or do you want to talk about the next one that I was going to mention? Uh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll continue. You know, the one thing I was going to say about about USC that you know I've really I feel I've noticed this year is those the players just seem to actually be having fun this year. You know, I think in past years, even when they were winning, you know, those years in 2010, 2011, they're you never got the sense that there was a whole lot of excitement. You know, it was more, okay, this is business. But I, I think one of the things is you can genuinely tell that these guys are having a lot of fun. I think a lot of that credit has to go to a really, really good leader in Sam Lewis on, on, on that team. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's apparent to most people is that they're finally able to start enjoying 
playing volleyball again. I'll tell you, the, the other match that I think everybody was watching was obviously uh, BYU and Hawaii. And, you know, people saw uh, a BYU team that obviously beat McKendree, but, you know, went five with Princeton uh, and was a, a hotly contested match. And all of a sudden, BYU goes up against McKendree. And for whatever reason, they rested some of their starters because of A, they wanted to be fresh against Hawaii, or B, uh, there was just a, a chance for some of the younger guys to get some playing time. And what a great job that Mickey Salmon and her crew did. They went out there and they took care of business at four in BYU in Provo, which is not easy to do. But, you know, the next one against Hawaii, and this was the matchup that I was watching for sure, there are two things that I want to talk about. One, how good is Hawaii really? And they proved in a hostile environment, uh, they are a team that is looking at Long Beach now and licking their chops saying, we know we can beat Long Beach, and somebody else already did it for us, but we know we're going to beat them when we see them. And secondly, and not even necessarily play-wise, i got to give kudos to, to Olmstead, Coach Olmstead. You know, there yes. was a moment Thank in the match you. where... Yeah, there was a moment in the match where some unruly fans were causing some disturbance. And I'm not 100% sure what it was. I, I've heard rumors that some, some older people behind one of the service lines was kicking the, the little uh, sign that was in front when the guys were back to serve and it was hitting the, US, uh, the Hawaii guys. Maybe there was some unsavory language being used. I don't know. Uh, so I wouldn't claim to know that. But... Charlie complained about it enough, and at one point in the match made such a stink about it, that the match play stopped. Olmstead took it upon himself to walk over. Now, this is across not only the half court that his team is on, but across the court that Hawaii's team is playing on, and to the back of the service line to tell whatever fans were there, this has got to be stopped, you guys are embarrassing us. And then I had to walk back to Charlie, shake his hand, and walk back to his team to coach, now, I don't know about you, but that would rattle any team that I would coach. That is a moment where you're, you're thinking we got home court advantage and we can use it to our, to our strength. And he had to stop everything to go tell these fans to stop what they were doing. Now, i got to give Olmstead credit. I don't know a lot of coaches yeah. that would do that in the country. They would uh, defer to either a referee or a uh, facility director that was there. But he took <clears> it upon himself. So kudos to you, Olmstead. I know it wasn't what yeah. he wanted to do, but that was the right thing to do. And I hope it sends a message to fans across the country in any sport. If it's getting worse, you're becoming yeah. a distraction instead of there to support your team. Just because you pay money to go visit and watch something does not give you the right to act like jackasses and, and ruin it for everybody else in the game. Because I guarantee you, 99% of that gym was embarrassed when they saw what was going on. Yeah. Amen I, to I, that. I, Thank you, Jay. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and just to add that, you know, I, I think that sometimes you lose perspective that these are 19, 22 year old kids. You know, you know, it's one thing if the students get, get a little on wor- on you know, they're, they're students, they're, they're, they're going to do knucklehead things. You knock it off. But for you to be an adult, I, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. You're, you're at work on Monday. Hey, what, what did you do over the weekend? Uh, I tell you, I walked into an arena. I told a 19 year old to F off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 what seriously is going through your head at some point when you're that age? I, uh, I'm talking about all fans across the board and all sports. Like, grow up, people. It's a sport. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy it. But these are not yep. professionals. They are not paid. Like, it's okay. You know, you don't have to you know, cheer for them, but you also don't have to be vile to them. I, I mean, it is just yep. embarrassing. And, and, and the thing that, that stinks is, 
BYU has such amazing fans. They they are so great, and, and the overwhelming number is so great. And you get one, one or two knuckleheads, you know, who you know really create a, a bad you know bad persona for them. Do you yeah. guys and realize? You know, the other bad part is, is do you guys realize how much I would love? Is, Dang it! Sorry, Jay. BYU is already known for having a, a homerish referee crew, and now you're going to throw this on top of it. It just it's just too many bad things. You got, they got to knock it off. Sorry to interrupt there. No, it's all good. Do you guys realize how much I would love to go to somebody's office on a Monday and heckle them at their cubicle? Like they try to heckle me sometimes at events by telling me my music sucks. It's one of the main reasons why I never go to sporting events other than the ones I coach because it just it makes no sense anymore. It's not fun to go to. You're paying absorbent amounts of money for these athletes to go and play these sports which is great, but there's always some jackass in the stand that feels it's up to them to create this atmosphere that it's a hostile environment. It's already a hostile environment. You're in somebody else's gym. You're sleeping in somebody else's bed. Relax. Ayo. <laughs> to be clear, Jeremy, the only reason I yell at you and tell you your music sucks <laughs> is because I have to listen to it literally all, all day. day. I don't long. get a break Dude, from that. Can yeah. You can't mix Debbie Gibson and then go into ACDC and have everybody happy. Can you no. play some cars, please? <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I will also add this. As someone who's been on the receiving end of Sean Olmstead not being happy with them, it's a scary experience. I don't think that man's going to do it again. Did he call a timeout and go over there? No, no, no. Yeah, it was actually – well, oh, did he? Okay. He, yeah, he called the timeout, but the officials called it. They, they it. knew what was going on. In fact, Charlie had complained – um, about what was going on to the down rep. The down rep went over to the R1. He did nothing about it, which I think in his defense, it's not his job. Uh, it's the it's the facility director or the athletic director that's on yeah, site. Staff pros. Be able to yeah. stop that. And, and so the referee, you could see at one point, looked at him and goes, what do you want me to do? Like, it's not my job. I can't do anything about it. But what they can be done, and, I live and what, I, what I'm, I'm, I'm afraid is, is being missed here, is because the student or uh, the announcer for the match could intervene in between games or stop the match in between points and say, please do not use derogatory language. Do not try to insert yourself in the match. We are respectful of everybody being played. So that nobody has to do that. There shouldn't have had to be a moment where Olmstead had to, A, discuss the Charlie what was going on, and then walk over to do this. In the middle of a match, there's never a moment that that should actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody, as being at events where announcers have had to say stuff like that, there has to be somebody in charge that lets the announcer know that they should say that. Because sometimes as an announcer, they have headsets on, they can't hear. So, like, there does need to be somebody in the arena that's like, hey, go to the you know, PA announcer be like, hey, say this so, you know, it it doesn't fall on the coach to do that. Good for the coach to be, you know, to do that. Yeah. Right, and, and it's going to lead to, in the future, gyms like Smithfield House or even some others where there are inline bleachers that are very close to where the people serve. It's going to lead to there being uh, a boundary space that you are not allowed to pass. So, for example, Long Beach State has got two end zones that are lined with, uh, with uh, uh, advertisements. You can't go past that anyways because then you step onto the court. But you look at the Smithfield House, you watch some of the footage when you watch them on BYU TV, and those fans are literally an inch or two away from some of those guys' ears when they're yelling and screaming at them. And it's, you know, you can look at them and say, yeah, it's a hostile environment, deal with it as best you can. 
I'm pretty positive. There's not some things that I would like to tell my grandmother that are better than some of the And as a 19-year-old kid, if somebody said something to me that I didn't like, I might turn around and have a confrontation yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. Just and, saying. And it's happened on a number of occasions. I have no doubt. Where fans are getting looks from the players, and there's you know some words being said. So yeah, it's it's common, and I, and I wish it was become. I wish it would become non-existent. And we yeah. talked about this before, but it's the most polite terrible heckling ever in the sense that like <laughs> they don't really say bad words right they just that BYU yeah I bet there's a curse word oh, stuck oh, in there every once in a while yeah. Used over there. yeah I'm pretty certain it's yeah. still used there yeah. <laughs> yeah. there isn't a curse yeah. word, word built around Schmidt. they're still teenagers Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a blanket statement but I will tell you that of all the schools that I've been in to their gyms to play matches across the board a large majority of them that are the worst places for the worst language used are religious schools. Wow. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Are there some that are good? You can say Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. There are some that are very creative. Actually, I'd rather you can so elaborate. Yeah. No. I, like the, I like the creative heckles. Those are funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a Princeton, a good Princeton yeah. or Harvard heckle. Correct, yeah. They're just way smarter than you. <laughs> Princeton, Princeton has some of the most creative and intelligent heckling I've ever seen. But regardless of that, regardless of that, I think Schweisky actually spends an hour a week with the fans, sort of teaching them up on how to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, you, you know, one thing, though, I, I do want to hit on, you know, segueing away from the fans and talking um, about BYU this week, and obviously, tough loss to Hawaii, but I know a lot of people were really wondering what Sean Olmstead was doing in, in that in that McKendry match, arresting so many players, and I, and I was wondering, too, and I really give credit to... Um, so my colleagues over at Off the Block that did a really great job doing a post-match interview with Sean Olmstead kind of talking about his decision-making. And I really encourage people to kind of check it out. And it totally makes sense for me what he's doing, where the sense of, hey, I got these guys that are busting their butt during you know during practice year-round. I want to give them an opportunity. And, you know, realistically, you're, you're on the fringe of at-large big consideration. And he decided, hey, I'm going to make it. This is going to be their match and their opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I think that sometimes I, I, it was kind of neat because sometimes I think as media members, as fans, you can sometimes get you can't see the forest from the trees. And Sean Olmstead, you know, in that situation, he really was looking at big picture of, OK, you know, let, let's see what these guys can do. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of coaches my, myself. Uh, being the number one, that, that are going to be willing to take that risk all the time. That's that's a big time moment where a coach knows he's on the bubble and he's looking at his guys, going, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in some guys that don't get a lot of playing time, and we're gonna ride you until the match is over, one way or the other." <clears throat> Knowing it doesn't hurt in the conference, so that part you can you can justify, but it hurts you in the rankings. It hurts you in the fans' eyes. It hurts you in the fact that now you you got some momentum being taken away from you, and that. That's a bold coaching maneuver. I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah. I do want to ask you, though, as a coach from that standpoint, do you think they, that you would have more player buy-in after something like, like that? And, and not saying that there wasn't player buy-in before that, but in terms of those guys who may not play just continuing to be extra motivated. Well, I think you, I think you have to take into consideration how you sell it. You know, if you look at your guys and you're going, hey, we've got a big match against another two team in the country in our house on Saturday. I want to give the guys that are producing for us the entire year so far a chance to rest and a chance to get ready to go because we're going to need it against Hawaii. They're going to be good. And if you guys it like that, I think the guys get fired up. You know, I think if you just come in and go, here's the guys that are playing with no explanation, 
and clearly not giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I, I guarantee that Olmstead probably looked at his guys and said, hey, this is what we're doing. And I, I don't think they're a shady organization. I don't think he's hiding anything. There's probably plenty of transparency going on in the gym. And he probably told his guys on Friday, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. We're gonna and we're gonna succeed. And if we are as good as we think we are, any team should beat that team. But McKendry is a really good program. Yeah. They're not a fly by night, you know, they're not they're not Lee's McCray that is one in seventeen that just went in there and had a hot night. They're a team that has won some big matches. They're on their way up as a program. They've got a great coaching staff. Nikki's done such a great job. And she works both programs, by the way. She's the head coach for both men's and women's programs at McKenzie. I don't think she gets enough credit for that. It's not easy. And so you look at that and you go, man, kudos to you, Nikki. That's a great win by your program. Right, and not only the job that she's done on the court, but let's remember this is a program that had a player die in the first couple weeks of the season. Very right, (laughs) very true. Yeah. Yep. Hey, can I just add that, you know, from the opposing coach standpoint, a trusted source that I know is at the match, when she saw the starting lineup, it appears she's visibly upset. Like it was a knock on her, their team. And, you know, someone, that person that direct messaged me and said, Hey, she wasn't happy when she saw the lineup that came out, but obviously they used this motivation because McKinney was able to turn that around with a three, one win. And, you know, kudos to them, make the statement, you know, beat the team. Yeah. I, I tell you what, as a, as an opposing coach who coached at the division three level for a long time and played a lot of division one schools, and hope that we would get their best team and obviously saw a lot of their second teamers, it should be a, for a source of motivation that maybe your top team is better than ours and they deserve a rap, but we're going to do our best to beat your second team to show that we are deserving of your top guys the next time we go out. And you know what? You, you, you can't blame her for being a little bit hurt about that, but at the same time, she handled the response pretty well. Guys, I want to jump oh, yeah. in here. We only got a couple minutes left, uh, so quickly, we got the new rankings in. <clears throat> the new NCAA rankings. Thank you, David. Uh, let's see here. So, for the first time this year, we have a new number one uh, sitting at all state, sitting at twenty <laughs> and zero, <laughs> sitting at twenty zero, and get this, getting every single vote for number one. Man, I wonder if this has ever happened. Where the wow, going from two votes to all sixteen, Hawaii is your number one team in the land. Uh, Long Beach State in second, right behind them. I think they got every single second place vote. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, Pepperdine, UCLA. Those are your three, four, five. That's the same from last week. Uh, Stanford jumps into number six from number nine. Irvine now at seven, followed by Lewis SC up from number 11 after taking down Long Beach. They're at number nine. And then BYU rounds out your top 10. Guys, quickly, I want to get your thoughts on the new rankings. Of course, Hawaii at number one. And then give me a match to watch for this week. Uh, I'll start with you, Jay. Why, why would I put Hawaii number one? Is that what you're asking? No, I just wanted your thoughts in general um, on the new rankings. Uh, most notably, I would say SC only jumping up two spots after sweeping Long Beach State. Uh, and then, of course, Hawaii, the new number one. Yeah, I think Hawaii number one is a no-brainer. They, they yeah. are now the only undefeated team left, and they, you know, they handled what they needed to handle. I think SC only jumping two spots. You know, there, there hasn't been, after about the sixth or seventh week of season, there hasn't been a lot of major jumping going on. I think everybody's kind yeah. of well settled into those top teams. And yes, you beat the number one team in the country in three, but it was in your gym and it was in the small gym. So there's a little bit of a disadvantage there 
I think it's worthy of them being in the top ten. I, I wouldn't put them number four or five uh, just because they won one match. Because remember, they lost to, to uh, Grand Canyon two mm-hmm. weeks prior. Mm-hmm. For sure. Jay, Jay, give me your match to watch for this week. I've got uh, a few. I, I will not steal the thunder from Robbie, so I'll leave some of those alone. I'm going to be watching <laughs> BYU-USC. That is a team that is kind of on a downward turn against a team that is at an upward turn. Is it going to be at the North Gym? I don't think so, but I'm interested to see which team comes out on top of that. I'm going to be watching McKenzie versus Loyola in Lewis. We're going to fluke, or are they the real deal? I'm going to be watching Ohio State versus Lewis and Loyola because I want to know if Ohio State, now that they are healthy and everybody's playing with the exception of Devil Bear, are they going to be back on track to make it into the playoffs and and uh, and play a top seed of Lewis team possibly two times in two weeks? But really what I'm going to be watching are St. Francis versus Penn State. Princeton's coming here and Keith's coming here. I'm going to be watching Penn State versus Harvard and St. Francis versus Harvard. The EIVA is the only conference in the country where less than half of the, or half the team make the playoffs. And right now there are five teams fighting for four spots. And all five of those teams are playing this weekend at some point. So those are the matches I'm going to be watching the most. Nice. What do you got, Vinny? Yeah, so I, I have to agree. So I, I guess I'm jumping for the polls really quick. Who was the who got who finished number fifteen? Who were fourteen? Yeah, let me check that out. Uh, let me go. I didn't give you the eleven through fifteen, so I'll do that. Um, eleven Loyola, twelve is CSUN, and a tie for thirteenth is Ball State and George Mason, and uh, Purdue <laughs> Fort Wayne is number fifteen. Okay, that, that's interesting. Yeah, so I, I think for, for me, the, just to jump on the rankings, I think the interesting thing is, you know, there hasn't been a lot of movement, but I really think that Barton, McKendry, and Grand Canyon really all deserve consideration for being in the top 15. I think that personally they've had better seasons than Ball State and CSUN. I think there's a little bit of, you know, history of CSUN, Ball State, and, and why they kind of get the benefit of the doubt. I, really I mean, I quick, really quick, Vinny, I will say the three teams receiving votes, but not on the list, uh, in order, Grand Canyon, McKendry, and Princeton. Oh, okay. And, and Quincy? Princeton. Princeton. Okay, sorry. I, I, I was going to say Quincy. Wow, that's, uh, that, that would be interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Mr. So, uh, but talking about the matches today or this week to fall, I think Jay hit on a lot of them. Uh, you know, that's St. Francis Harvard match. I really think that's going to be one of the bigger ones because you're talking about two teams that that could easily decide, you know, who gets the number four seed going into the conference tournament. Um, Jay's exactly right. Keep an eye on Ohio State as they go through this um, Chicago swing taking on Lewis and Loyola. You know, we were all saying, Let, let's wait for all of them to get healthy, come back. But, you know, keep in mind, all Ohio State had Haynes. They had, they had Snail Thomas back, and they lost to Lindenwood o- over the weekend. So, you know, at best, Ohio State can finish 7-7 seven, seven in the conference, and that's if they win out. You know, the other match as well that I'm keeping an eye on, Ball State and Purdue-Fort Wayne. It's a great rivalry match. Fort Wayne is going to be absolutely rocking on Tuesday night. I, you know, I think that Fort Wayne, despite two losses to Lewis and Loyola this weekend, still really feel that they have a chance to win the MIVA tournament. And when you have a dynamic option at the pins, such as, you know, Pelgrim Vargas, I, I think you have a punch, puncher's chance. And then out west, I, I won't steal too much of Robbie's thunder, but, you know. <laughs> you guys can steal Pepperdine, Robbie's thunder. UCLA, huge matchup, big, big matchup. And then UC Irvine versus Santa Barbara. This is Niffin's last stand. 
if he wants to make the postseason this year in all reality. So they have to, have to, have to do something really special to get back in the at-large bid hunt. I like how Vinny says, I don't want to steal Rob's thunder, but he takes his school. Here are the two (laughs) matches that Rob is about to mention. Um, Hey, Rob, Rob, what do you got? Yeah, what other schools do you know, Rob? Well, I was going to say, it's actually UCI and Long Beach State this week, not not Santa Barbara, because I'm going to do a self-promotion. I will be on the ESPN3 feed on Friday night. I've been, I guess, bumped off the PA duties and now doing the play-by-play. Nice. Nice. Because Irvine wanted to get the exposure on ESPN3, and order you that, they need a commentator, and they didn't trust anyone else. But apparently me, which you I don't would. know if that's a good You're thing. You're the man. man. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm honored to do it, but I'm bummed. I'm, I like the in-arena in experience. So uh, it's kind of a, it's a, you know, with, uh, bittersweet. So, uh, But I'm not going to say, hey, man, I'm going to say, I want to watch Hawaii this week because they have the potential to go 23-0 and win 69 straight sets. They wow. play Conco- at Concordia. And it's San Diego twice this week. So it's like, I just want to see if that can happen. So I'm definitely watching them. Uh, definitely UCLA at Pepperdine. And the main reason is because these are the two, one of the two teams that will end up winning the MPSF tournament. I'm calling it now. And for seeding purposes, this is a big match because Pepperdine was up 2-0 on UCLA last time they met. And, well, Pepperdine lost it out and lost 3 2 that, that last meeting. So I'm looking forward to a little grudge match here uh, between those two teams. And, and, you know, they both look totally different, you know, with Wexter, White Zorich, and uh, Caleb Denmark fi- finally clicking all together at the same time. That was a potent team with a bunch of pin hitters that can do damage. And UCLA. I'm just, you're, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I I'm say, just letting you know right now that I'm going to patent when Hawaii is done with their West Coast trip. 69, Hawaii. Nice. Sorry. for your Monday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I want to see the, the lineup that UCLA comes out with because we've been seeing Mike Amaha running the 6-2, you know, getting some really good rips. I mean, he's got so much offense from different different ways. And, you know, I, I'm curious what Sparrow's going to come out with for this match on, on Wednesday night. So, uh, definitely that one, and then the, both of Long Beach at UCI. Because I want to—I'm actually concerned for Irvine because with Long Beach State coming off that loss, they could respond in beast mode kind of way. They're just going to unload everything. So uh, you know, can Irvine respond? Right now, it's looking like they're in such a funk. I don't know if they'll be able to uh, after the way they played at Pepperdine. They just played without any kind of motivation, it seemed, and they're so discombobulated because they're injured with the loss of Joel Schneidmiller moving Carl Applebaugh to the left side and having Sakana at the right side. And they've been switching between Garcia and Chakravorty, et cetera. They're just not in a very good rhythm right now. So that in combination of playing Long Beach State after a loss could be a recipe for disaster. So um, we'll see. All righty. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Guys, enjoy your week. Thanks for uh, calling in and uh, giving us your time as always. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, Thank you, All right, fellas. Later. And with that, Mark. Bye. Is that a wrap? Yeah. I we mean, got things much. you got to do. So thanks to the AVCA. Ah, so much more I wanted to for sort college of volleyball about. weekly. Yeah. Thanks for to David Portney for sending over the. Uh, yep. The latest poll. Appreciate it. Thanks to Tall Slim Tees. <laughs> All the length and yep. none of the width. None of the width. I've Code moved. volleyball gets you ten percent off, Mark. Woo.
I've moved back into my three-quarter sleeve time, Jeremy. Excellent. I, I had to go long sleeves. Oh, that's what we started to talk about. Yeah. I had to go long sleeves because it was freezing for the last three months, but finally got to go back to the three-quarter. Nice. So Kevin will be mad about that. Kevin will be going back to his uh, stylish, professional small V yeah, soon as well, too. Just yeah. a little V. Yeah. Just a little V. So uh, thanks for calling in. Robbie, no time for Collegiate Beach now. Sorry. Uh, by the way, Randy Stokos oh, yeah. commented during uh, College Volvo Weekly yes. when we were talking about the hecklers. Yes. He was saying that he wished that happened to him in Manhattan. I'm actually sure it did happen to you during Randy's career. and I have no doubt that Randy uh, expressed his opinion to said hecklers in the crowd. I was going to say, if some of those BYU guys want to come to like Manhattan Beach and do that, to Nick and Phil, if they want Nick to run at them in the stands, yeah, then please. There's one like That'd be great. again, I wasn't there, but if right. a coach walks over there, then you're saying things that are disrespectful. You're acting in right. a way where that's not appropriate. Heckling is like if you can't handle heckling, that's one thing. But if it gets personal, or if it's getting in a dangerous situation, or they're doing things that could potentially harm a player, then yeah, yeah. And to J- I think it was Jay that said something about the announcer maybe saying something. I wanted to jump in there. I didn't get a chance to jump in there for that. But the yeah, the announcers. It's a tough. That's that's something I've dealt well, with. Well, that's why I brought it up because you could have a headset on and right. not even necessarily know what they're saying. Correct. And also, there are people who are in charge of you. Right. Right. So it's not necessarily your call it, to say. You could be a hey. We should say something. Right, depends yeah. on how tenured that PA announcer is. Correct. Right, and, um, and it's it's a it's a if a PA announcer has been there for a while and feeling pretty comfortable to sort of say whatever they want. Yeah. Um. Then I've experienced that where it's like, oh man, I probably maybe I should say something about it, but at the same time, is it just going to go away? It's probably better if it goes away on its own, and and it's like. And again, I didn't know what they were saying. Maybe yeah. the announcer, if I didn't fully know what they were saying, but I could yeah. see there's some sort of commotion, I'm probably going to stay out of it. Because if I say something, there's a potential that the crowd turns against me. Well, there's also like you could draw attention to something that didn't necessarily need to be drawn attention to. That's why there's it's somebody else's responsibility, right? Correct. There's somebody, I, w- I would venture to say that the coach or somebody has m- had mentioned something to somebody else right. about this being an issue before the coach walked over there. Right. It probably got to like, if nobody else is going to do something, then I will do something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Good on him. Yeah. <sighs> what are you up to for the next, uh, next two weeks, Jay? Lots of Lakers? <laughs> Wrapping up the Lakers season. Um then Fort. heading down to Fort Walton Beach, Florida for yes, the FUDS four-man at the yeah. end of April. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we're AVP. Huntington Beach. How was Pac-12? It was good. It was a lot good. of fun. I enjoy uh, I enjoy doing that. It's a good – the Pac-12 is a fun staff to yeah. work with. Cool. Um, and you're in Vegas. You it's got to be a fun staff to work with if you're doing that four days of – I mean, that's a long well, schedule. Well, not only that, but – so I just did the men's tournament, which was Wednesday right. through Saturday. Some of them did the women's tournament, which was Thursday through Sunday. That's right. So they did 22 games in essentially like 10 days. Which I, Kelly Reed was there for the women's yep. as well, our oh, producer. Yeah. A lot of the Pac-12 staff was there for both. Oof. It's a lot. Yeah. Brutal. I just did 11 games in four days, and that's a lot. Right. But I can't – like – and in Vegas, right? There's one thing – you're not sleeping in your own bed – Blah, blah, blah. But you're in Las Vegas, which just drains you. Whether you're doing any of the Las Vegas stuff there is to it's, offer. Yeah. It's just there's so much stimulus. Sensory overload. Yes. No you know how I know you did 11 games? Other than you know knowing the schedule of the Pac-12. Did you watch my Instagram feed? Yeah, because your Instagram story, you put game <laughs> one, uh, game two, 
Game three. So yeah, I think I said one of eleven. Two yeah. of 11. Yeah. Three of 11. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I was getting my updates, by the way. Perfect. I was nice. like, oh, good. UCLA won game three. Yep. Didn't win game seven. All right. Yeah. It was a fun tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jay. Thanks for coming in, Mark. Yeah. I, I hear uh, you'll be in again before the AVP season starts. Uh, I believe, yeah, either sometime, yeah, sometime fourth or fifth month. We didn't talk. April. We were going to talk about today, but we'll talk uh, some more partner partnerships, switches, yeah. especially internationally. Like, yeah, there's especially in uh, Brazil. Yeah. yeah, if you don't want to wait for us to talk about it, feel free to go look at the Brazilian uh, mm-hmm. switches. Yeah, Brazilian switches happen like every week, though. True, right? but like <laughs> it's one of those things where it needs to happen now, <laughs> right? Um, in the top teams, there probably won't be much switching. Because there's so, as we've talked about, not a ton of four and five stars, and you need to get 12 in with your teammate. That is the latest cool. I ever saw was Rosie switching. Well, uh, Nick, or excuse me, sorry. Nick and Phil. Phil, Phil to Nick, yeah, which was, I believe, they started with, to late July. And they started with zero points. Yeah. And literally played 12 events. Exactly. And then became the number one seed. Correct. And I think that was mid to late July of 2015. So that would correspond to mid to late July of this cycle. But there's not going to be, I don't think, quite as many, as many tournaments. Options, yep. Right. So hmm. get it in now if you're going to switch, kids. Bye, everybody. I'll see you in about a month. Yes. Yeah.